the head coach, Mike O'Shea, is with us. Uh, Mike, how do you feel about 4-0 and o to start the season? Well, it's better than uh, any other option, <laughs> put <Yeah>. it that way. <laughs> I, I like it. How do you feel about the way you've gotten to 4-0 and o on the season? Well, you know, once you watch the film and you put it, put it to rest, you move on so quickly. So I don't know that I ever look at 4-0. You know, each game is different. We've managed to win in different ways. Uh, I wouldn't say that any of them have really been pretty, but uh, overall winning is. So we'll just, we'll just take the two points, uh, you know, when they come, and we'll just move on to the next very quickly. All right. We've got callers and texters waiting. Uh, just one more for you before we get to the calls. Had you ever won a game on a missed, on a, a last 30 seconds missed convert before? I, I can't recall, but I would say probably not, but I just don't remember. Yeah, it's it was it was shocking to see it happen. Boris Bidet's a, a terrific kicker, uh, and we were hey we were glad in the booth to see it. I'm sure all the Bomber fans were glad as well. 204-780-6868 for your calls and texts. Lloyd is up first. Lloyd, your question for head coach Mike O'Shea. Yes, congratulations uh, on the victory. But I, like many fans, have a major concern about our anemic running game. Now, many teams in the CFL are employing a very fast American runner to complement their, their running game, and it seems to be working quite well. Are there any plans to uh, bring in uh, another running back that can maybe get our running game going? Um, I, I don't know if, if that's uh, necessarily quite the, the answer. I think the amount that we've run the ball over the last bunch of years leads teams to defend uh, the run differently. You know, they, they load the box up, they bring pressure uh, on rundowns. So um, a lot of times the, the best option is, is to pass the ball or, or um, sort of abort the run and have a, have a check on when they, when they do certain things. Uh, I, I'll promise you this, our, our running backs are fast. One is faster than the other, probably, but they're, uh, you know, I don't know that Andrew Harris was, um, you know, any faster than the guys we have than Brady or Johnny, that's for sure. Well, he got 111 yards against us, and our total running game was 60. Uh, perhaps it's a case of our, of our offensive line uh, getting a little old. Uh, I don't know. There, there is a problem, sir, and I know you're a very intelligent coach, and I'm sure you're working on it, but uh, it's not going to. We're not going to win as many games as we did last year if we don't have a good running game. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Lloyd, thanks for your call. Appreciate you being with us on the on the coaches show on 680 CJOB. Uh, let us go to line two, and we'll welcome in Fred. Fred, your question for Coach Mike O'Shea. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, Congratulations uh, on the uh, big win last night, Mike. It wasn't the prettiest win in the world, but uh, watching the game and uh, Toronto going for the convert, I sat there and I said to myself, wouldn't it be nice if they missed? (laughs) So you were the one, Fred. You made it happen. 
Right. I love right. it. They missed. I, I'm glad we got uh, the win and we got the two points. But I guess, I guess I'm on the same page as the previous caller. Uh, I, you know, I'm getting a little concerned with our running game. Uh, I, I just don't think. I, I just don't think we're going to do as, as well as we did last year unless we improve that running game. Because when I look at last night's game, the first half, well, it wasn't bad. I guess you can say uh, we got to where we were in the first half because of the big plays our defense made. However, in the second half was a completely different story. And our running game just is not what it should be. Because in order for us to win, I think the running game and the passing game has to work side by side. And I just noticed that we're, we're only getting, what, one, two yards of carry on first down, second down and eight. It's more pressure on Kolaris. And we're not getting the first down, punt the ball, and the defense is back on the field. And I think that's what happened. I think our defense got tired yesterday in the second half. All right, hey Fred, but, let's let the coach respond to what, you, what you've said so far. Coach, go ahead. Well, we actually averaged 4.3 yards a carry. So, um, you know, Toronto averaged 4.9. So half a yard a carry more. You know, so I, I don't know if it's, it, I don't know if it's always what, what you think it is, right? So I, I, we weren't getting one or two yards. There's probably a couple runs we got one or two yards, but a couple runs we got six and eight. So, right. um, well, I'm sure you're working on it, Coach, yeah. and uh, we got a, you know, we got a ways to go, so we got time to improve. It's just something I noticed uh uh, the first four games of the season. Now we're going to start playing, I believe, some real tougher teams. And I'm just uh, a little concerned as we face these tougher teams. If that uh, if that running game doesn't get better, uh, we might be in a little bit of trouble. However, that's all I have to say. Good luck, and I hope things uh, work out for us. Fred. I'm sure they will. Fred. Appreciate the call. Yeah, thank you for calling, Fred. We, we appreciate you being with us. Uh, Coach, it, it's interesting with, with folks, the first two callers about the run game, and we need the run game to win, and yet you're 4-0 and with what they perceive to be the state of the run game. You're winning anyway. Yeah, I, I think that's partly being a, a good veteran team that's been through a lot over the bunch of years is they figure out a way to win. We've got a good coaching staff. They have our guys prepared. Our players are are resilient and flexible. And the in actuality, every game plan is basically um, comes with the caveat of whatever it takes, right? So you you plan however you will. At some point, the defense is going to plan to stop you. So then you have to pivot and adjust and figure out what it's going to take to win that week. So. Um, I think every week is going to look different. 
Well, in in the post game show, Zach came on, and I I have to confess, I didn't understand hundred percent. But he was saying, uh, but he he essentially said, you know what? Because of what Toronto gave us, what they what looks they gave us, we go to we sometimes go to other plays where we might have maybe we wanted to pound the ball twenty three times for one hundred ten yards. But if Toronto doesn't want us to, we're probably going to try to find an easier way. I would say most teams, based on our recent history, most teams don't want us to run the ball. I, they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll position themselves. Um, they will call certain defenses uh, that just make it uh, the decision to pass easier. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think going into the game, it was more than nine yards per pass uh, attempt so far for the Bombers this season. It's been it's been working well, and it's it's enough to propel the Bombers to a four and O start. Uh, Coach, this one on Twitter from Fonzie said, my daughter and I watched the game from Saskatchewan. She commented she thought Coach O'Shea looks like a funny guy. Can he confirm or deny? Like Fonzie from Happy Days? <laughs> that's that's how it's spelled. He's a, he's a character in around CFL fans. I've He and I have followed each other for some time. But his daughter thinks you look like you, you're a funny guy. Uh, I guess I have to have that defined more. What funny means? So funny looking or sense of humor? I think. I imagine I'm going for. Se- I'm going to go sense of humor because the other one could be could have been insulting when someone from Saskatchewan texts that in. That's right. I'd have to give them the Malachi Crunch. <laughs> I love it. I love the Malachi Crunch reference. Is fantastic. Two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. We welcome in Steve on the phone line. Steve, your question for Coach Mike O'Shea. Hi guys. Um, my my. Um, I'm older than you both, but it, to me, the the, the 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 healthy of the league matters, and I think it stinks that the West is so much better than the East. And Coach O'Shea, I know you don't. You're just all you care about is the Bombers. I get that, so I I, I don't like that. And and maybe Derek, if you want to quickly comment on that, I think that's not good for the league as a whole. Why don't you? Again, why why isn't O'Shea, it good for the league, Steve? What what don't you like about it? It's not good for the league. The West, the why? Why don't I like it? Because, well, TSN is from Toronto, and and they've got to get the Eastern dollars, you know, and and they 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 need their Eastern teams to do well, or else we're all in trouble. Um, sorry, sorry to, and and sorry, Derek, um, but okay. So on the bright side, um, next Saturday it's a six p.m. local start here the game in Vancouver and I've already, I mean, I've, I've had, I've made plans already to go for that. And it's so good. Like it's so good for the Western part, but son of a biscuit, can we not, you know, the West versus the East, it's not good. And I well, know Coach O'Shea is going to just do what he does. Or, or not sorry, that came out wrong. Yeah, well, uh, Steve, nothing... I mean, Toronto won the Grey Cup in 2017, and what, Ottawa won it in 2015. And Hamilton, I mean, Hamilton has been in the Grey Cup the last two years and took the Grey, uh, took the Grey Cup to overtime in 2021. Like, it's 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 bad records this season, but there's there's some quality out there, no? And then... Uh, to the count, to the extent of that, uh, the West being so good means we get four and zero and three and zero Saturday night in BC. No. That sounds pretty good to me. No, I'm sorry. I, 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 
Derek, good point. I just I don't want the league to fail. I just don't. Oh, I, okay? I, I feel don't you, Steve. Want this league to fail, and 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 this year it's not good. I don't like that. The I don't want the league to fail. I'm going to hang up. Bye. I, Steve, I appreciate your call. Your call, Coach. Uh, should we take anything away from the West having such great records and the East not having such great records through four weeks? Um. No, I mean, I, I, I haven't really looked at it that way. Um, I think parity is good for the league, too. So to say I don't care is, you know, I'm, I'm in charge of one team. Uh, as a fan, I can see a point, you know, in wanting great parity across the board so that um, every game is, is contested and exciting. This last game against Toronto, a one-point game, whether you like how it finished or not, it was an exciting game. It had a lot of elements that would that would keep fans interested and tuned in. Just so happens the East team, you know, we prevailed by one point. They lost, uh, you know, a, a, a missed kick at the end. But as far as excitement goes, it, I'm sure it was an exciting game. It it absolutely was. Ottawa in week one was an exciting game. Uh, at Ottawa in week two was an exciting game. And these are, I mean, this is, you guys are have played three one-score games in the end. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of, as a fan, that's that's what I want to, you know, it, it's not artificially close. It's, it's close. Yeah, I don't know that we should just be so concerned about the outcomes. We should actually evaluate the, the, the games being played, right? I mean, Montreal throttled Saskatchewan there for a game it went back there and the, the outcomes were reversed but if you if you just pay attention to the score or the standings or the record you're probably missing some of the great points which is some of this football's really really good yeah and and ultimately we all I, I think you're probably you must be on the same side we all want all nine teams to be gr- to be great and be successful a- absolutely we do need it we do need it so but I don't know that, you know, I don't think the records accurately describe Ottawa, Toronto, Hamilton, Montreal. You know, I don't think those records accurately describe the talent level on those teams. Yeah, that's why we get 18 games for each one. We get to, to hammer it out a little more as we go along. Uh, this one from the text line with no name, and it's a hypothetical for you, Coach. Uh, if you are down one point with 25 seconds to go, do you go for the tie or do you go for the win and and why and what would go into that? I think we kick the uh, the extra point and um, have the tie and and go to overtime. Yeah, it gives you gives you another opportunity. It extends your it extends your opportunities. I like it. I like it. Let's go to uh, Rob is with us on line one on the CJOB Coaches Show. Rob, your question for Coach Mike O'Shea. Yeah, I'm a big Johnny Augustine fan. Any chances of uh, him starting in, uh, as a running back? I think he's ten times faster than uh, Oliveira, and uh, he hits the holes a lot quicker, too. Well, the, the plan is always to get them uh, a bunch of touches each. And then, once again, as I described earlier, the defense comes out and, and they want to change your plan. So um, we'll, we'll keep putting plans together uh, that include both guys, and we'll see how they play out. 
Okay. How's Kyrie Wilson? Uh, he got another uh, Achilles problem. Uh, he's still got to see some some doctors and and get some more evaluation before we'll talk about what's going on with Kyrie. Okay. Hopefully it's not, and he's back soon because he's a damn good uh, linebacker. He's one hell of a good player. You betcha. Yeah. It, it okay. was Rob. Thank you for your call. It it was hard watching uh, him walk essentially 60 yards off the field with the help of the trainers yesterday. Uh, we'll, uh, yeah. we'll await more uh, updates of, of Kyrie Wilson as the uh, days go along, but certainly rooting for, for him to be back. Don is on line too. Don, your question for head coach Michael Shea. Well, it's not such a question. I just want to congratulate uh, the coach, how good of a job he's doing. But in yesterday's game, I think my opinion now that you got three areas that you have to find out why it broke down in the in the second half the first half you guys did outstandingly really good but there's something that happened in the second half and a win is a win but i want to congratulate you on the great job that you are doing thank you yeah i think the second half is interesting there are some uh there was a little bit of a trend there we took four penalties in the fourth quarter um, that, uh, you know, you just can't have. Um, One was a pretty costly one in terms of yardage. Two others were second down incompletions that allowed them to continue the drive and it resulted in six points. Uh, We also had an opportunity once again to create another takeaway and, and, you know, put ourselves in a really good spot, if not score. Uh, so I think we had some missed opportunities um, and some self-inflicted. You know, those are two of the three. I don't, I don't know what the third is, but those are two things in the second half that were, um, you know, that we have to, you know, show the players and and talk about. But uh, we we did create a couple opportunities, like I said, that that we just didn't, you know, finish on. Um, but the penalties in the fourth quarter, of course, they, they, they hurt us and they allowed uh, Toronto to sort of keep in the game and, and get right tight to it again. Yeah, I'm sure you're going to get that straight note because, you know, I, I was shocked that you guys won, really. But a win is a win. And, and really, I congratulate you on that. But, you know, that second half really good because – I hope it doesn't come back to haunt you in other games. And then I'm wondering, is that a coach problem? Is it a player problem? But what you to me, pay attention, it was penalties that actually created more negative in the second half. Don, thank you for the call. I appreciate you, you being with us. Uh, coaches, before we go to break, I'm curious, uh, as we mentioned before, 3-0 and so far in one-score games this season. I've heard a couple of, uh, of theories of what one sco- winning one-score games means. They're either a sign of great character, they're a sign of, hey, uh, that one-score games are essentially could have gone either way. What do, you be- do you believe anything special about one-score wins versus blowout wins? I guess it's how you get to the one score that's probably more important. For your calls and texts, getting a lot of them about the Brandon Banks touchdown that I've had, I don't know, 24 hours to think about, and I still don't know if I love uh, 
that that is is a touchdown. Uh, Coach, if you don't mind, if we linger a few minutes on uh, a play that I think folks are going to talk about for for much of the season. Uh, in your mind, that play the way it turned out, should that have been an interception or a touchdown? Touchdown. It should have been a touchdown. Okay. Why you're, Why do you say that? There goes, there goes that story. Eh? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Um, let me ask you first. Uh, it seemed like Demario Houston played that really well. Is that is that fair? Oh, it was it was fantastic. You know, he uh, he ran in Speedy's hip there, caught caught back up, made up some ground, timed his jump, had the ball in his hands, and when he went to the ground, it it jarred loose. And Speedy ended up with it. And when it was between, you know, Speedy goes to get up, it's between his legs or knees. It doesn't, the tip doesn't touch the ground as far as I'm concerned. Then he bobbles it a little bit and puts both hands on it and and finishes in the end zone with it. Um, You know, when I watched it closely today, it was not hard to see. In fact, it was very quickly determined that yeah it, the command center had it right he he didn't have control of it um as he hit the ground you know so part of part of making any catch whether it's interception or a catch by the offensive player is is surviving contact with either another player or the ground and he didn't really survive contact it bobbled but it stayed up off the ground and speedy you know snatched it away um so it, it it was a it was a great play by Demario. It just didn't quite finish the way we would have liked. Obviously, you know, spectacular play by Speedy to stick with it. Mm. Um, you know, as he's bobbling it, we probably had another opportunity to knock it to the ground at that point. But uh, I think the command center did a good job. It, you know, I was thinking of challenging it based on uh, down with contact. But because he, and they looked at this, because he didn't have control of it, uh, on full control of it on the ground, it, it couldn't be down with contact. The thing, and you've, you've probably seen better angles than I have, and you come into this with, with more knowledge than I do. The, the thing I thought was Demario has possession, but Speedy claws it away from him after Demario hits the ground. Uh, it, it sounds like that's not what happened, but that's, no, that's how I remember it. when he hits it. the ground, he's losing possession. Okay. So the, the ground causes him to bobble it and lose possession, which would be an incomplete pass if he was all by himself, right? If he if it ends up hitting the ground, if he, you know, if Speedy's not there and he and it hits the ground, it's incomplete. If Speedy's not there and he maintains control, it's an interception, just like any other catch, no catch, right? So uh, you have to uh, maintain control of the ball, survive contact with the ground. Yeah, and and it's just an example of you you can be a defender and you can play the ball almost almost perfectly, and sometimes it's well the other guy gets paid too. Yeah, you know, and, and it's interesting if if next to impossible to do, but if Demario had landed facing away from Speedy, it, it would have been a pick. He would have he would have you know maintained control probably and or yeah. caught it the second time on the ground, right? But it's not the way it worked out. I mean. I, Looking at it today, it was quite obvious on the very first look that it was uh, it was a touchdown. Okay, and you 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 may people are asking, well, would you have wanted to challenge that? They review every scoring play, and you told us yesterday on the post game show that anything you would have challenged is what they had already ruled on. 
Yeah, I specifically asked. There's there's a new official that stands between the benches that you that's um, you know got a headpiece on, so he's in direct contact with uh, the officials. So I asked them specifically. You know, did they look at all aspects, including down with contact? And the answer was yes. They ruled that the ball was loose, so down with contact would not apply. So once that once you get that answer, you're you're really just burning a timeout. Yeah. Um, it's it also you know there's so many things they had a lot of views and they took a lot of time and I, I appreciate that they were thorough with it. Um, I know there'd be some that would say it took too long, but that that was a fantastic play all around. It was a fantastic play. I mean, you just want them to get it right at that point. And whatever the answer is, as long as it's right, we can live with. And I, I think the fans shouldn't really mind that they're going through it because they got to see some probably some fantastic, some great replays and some <laughs> great concentration by two terrific athletes. Oh, the the athleticism Demario shows to kind of jump and spin his body. Uh, it was I was. I was my mouth was agape uh, watching that one. It was it was beautifully done for a guy in his second start at the corner. Let's go back to the phone lines and welcome in Andy. Andy, welcome to the coach's show. Yeah, good evening, coach. Congratulations on the win yesterday. Just a question on a couple players. Uh, what is your thoughts on how McCray played? Your new uh, running back slot, uh, slot back, I guess, and also O'Leary Orange. Uh, just wondering uh, if he's going to get more involved in the offense and. Uh, with only four full days between games, do you see your ratio changing, uh, your lineup changing much due to injury or even even rest because of the, the quick turnaround? Uh, I'll hang up and uh, listen to your answer. And good luck in BC. Thank you. Um, in terms of the lineup, it, it really gets uh, you know dictated by health, so we'll see how guys feel. Uh, if a guy's able to play, we wouldn't rest him just – just to rest them, you know, we would, would keep them going. If there's a medical reason why they can't play or shouldn't play, then they're obviously not going to play. Uh, with regards to Brenda Leary Orange and Greg McCray, uh, you know, I I don't know that Brendan got a, a lot of touches, but that doesn't mean he's not involved. You know, there's there's a lot of plays or a lot of receivers are part of a rope concept, and it it, it helps another player that they're running the, the concept with. So, um uh, he he did he did fine. Um, Greg McCray, his a couple of his touches, you know, the defense was on him right away, and he he didn't have a lot of space to make that first move. But we think he's a, a really dynamic player. Uh, he stuck his nose in there in pass protection and 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 took one, but but he was a willing participant, right? Like he he threw himself in there pretty good. Um, and, and you know we get find different ways to get get him the football and find different ways to spread the ball around to everybody. Once again, you, you have all these plans and these plays drawn up and then the defense steps up out there and then they <laughs> sort of uh, can change the best plan. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, Greg McRae getting the ball in a lot of uh, interesting ways in his first start for the Bombers. Gail is with us on line two. Gail, welcome to the show. Your, your question for Coach Mike O'Shea. Good evening, gentlemen. Um, Coach, this has nothing to do with yesterday's game. That's over and done with. Uh, what are your your game plans, ha ha, <laughs> for uh, BC? Like Rourke is on fire, so I I'm just wondering what your is in your mind for 
BC? I guess the simple answer would be to stop them. <laughs> you know, uh, they, they, it's interesting, right? The coaches are in right now. We we, we got back uh, very early this morning, um, and the, the coaches and the players came in this afternoon, early afternoon, and the coaches have been here throughout the morning, and you know they're still here working. And uh, you know, the the offense always has a little more work to do because of the the intricacies of the uh, and details of the plays and the defense, you know, always throws in wrinkles. Um, but they've been studying the film, you know, prior to the Toronto game, the coaches got in there and studied the film on BC also for a day or two and, and made some notes. And now they just finalize them and getting a plan ready for tomorrow. But there, there's, you know, uh, Rourke getting rid of the ball quickly is interesting. You know, he's finding his receivers very quickly. He doesn't hang on to it, which is tough for the pass rush. Uh, you know, they, they have stuck with the run a little more uh, than they maybe have in the past. Um, their defense is playing well. They keep everything in front of them. So they are playing very good football, and they're playing good three-phase football. So all three phases are sort of working together to, to put them, uh, you know, with the record they have. Okay, good luck on the game. Yeah, thank you very much. watching with bated breath. Yeah, it'll be a good game. It'll be tough. And Gail, nice enough to be to be with us uh, on the line. Yeah, uh, two unbeaten teams this early in the season. This is, uh, I don't know, I'm assuming you don't think about the, necessarily the excitement of it, but the, the nation is going to be watching this one. Good. Yeah. More viewers. Let's go. With, with Nathan Rourke is, I mean... We're, we're doing MOP balloting after three games and Rourke's on fire and the most passing yards in a game for a Canadian ever. Uh, do you, when you see a, a quarterback who, who is having the success, do you, do you game plan around him at all? Do you, do you think of, well, let's make him do what he's weak. Do you do anything special with a guy or is it about your team and your side? Well, you, you always watch the film and you you try to pinpoint what they're trying to do and how they're trying to do it, and most importantly, what their rules are around what they're doing. Because if you can understand a team's rules, then you can um, sort of plan your defense around it. But, you know, defensively, we we really do what, what, what we're going to be good at, right? And we try to match it up, and R- Richie's a very good play caller, and the rest of the coaching staff is, is – very creative at, at putting plans together. But, you, you know, like I said, you add a few wrinkles, but you, you basically try and allow your players to play fast. We've got a, a, a very good defensive core and guys playing good football. So give them something that they can uh, use to play fast and be successful. Well, and, and find a ball that Adam Big Hill might be able to get his finger on that Mal, what Malcolm can intercept and, and lateral to somebody. Uh, your guys, your defense uh, makes plays. Uh, they've made plays this season. Winston Rose, interception for a touchdown la- uh, last night. Yeah, it was uh, right on time. You know, it was, it was, it was good to see. Uh, and, you know, I think that they're starting to really um, – as they have in the past, but it's only four games in, and we've got some young guys in there too, but they are, they're working well together. I think they're really starting to have some fun out there playing defense.
few more minutes with head coach Mike O'Shea from the text line. If the West domination continues over the East, the crossover team from the West may have more wins than any of the Eastern teams. That's not good for the league. I just want to put this out there. Uh, in 2016, I wrote a piece uh, that went on national TV that said 23 reasons the Stampeders will win the Grey Cup and two that they won't. And the Stampeders lost that game. And the Stamps were a massive favorite in the 2017 Grey Cup and gave up 200-yard touchdowns, and the Toronto Argos won it. And then Coach O'Shea, in 2019, the Hamilton Tiger Cats were a 15-win football team, and I don't think they won the Grey Cup. Correct. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So it's... It's, it may be it may look awkward at this point and what is it East teams are one and 11 it, it it's going to come out in the wash and, and I, I honestly I think we will uh, we will be absolutely fine let's go to uh, John John thank you so much for hanging on on with us your question for coach Mike O'Shea yeah uh, good win there uh, yesterday in Toronto not easy to win there and Toronto's a good team um, my question is uh, with this uh, three games in twelve game in uh, with three games in uh, twelve days essentially, how do you keep the team fresh? And with all these injuries, how do you deal with that? And also, my next question is: Is there a difference for housing allowance between cities? Uh, each cities uh, have a different cost of uh, living. So, do they compensate uh, teams or players for that? Yeah, I don't. I don't know that there is a difference between cities. I do believe there's a prescribed amount that the CFL sort of sets, and and I'm not sure honestly because we're in Winnipeg, so I don't necessarily pay much attention to what that allowance would be in other cities. But I think it's. I think there's a, a maximum prescribed by the by the league um, with regards to your uh, schedule. You know, really what you try and do is, is keep the players fresh. They can learn in different ways. It doesn't have to be, you know, running full speed around the field for three days in a row. Uh, so you, you figure out a, what they need, uh, and, and each and every week might be different because every team is different and the circumstances of that week are different. So you figure out on a weekly basis what the team needs to to be physically fresh and ready to go, and, and that's sort of how you direct your plan. Um, and we've been doing that for, for a number of years. Uh, you know, got a great help with Alcature uh, and, and, and Braden Miller. They uh, are head athletic therapist and strength conditioning coach, so um, they, they have a lot of input on, on how the guys are feeling and, and the direction we should be heading. It just seems odd that they would uh, schedule three uh, three games in 12 days when there's only three games this coming weekend. Uh, there must have been something else they could have done instead of uh, putting the Bombers in such a tight position. What's the Monday well, game, right? That's the wacky one, John? It's the Monday game that's the wacky one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the TFC played two days before us. or Yeah. yeah. They would have played Saturday, so they got to turn the field over. And they got to account for weather also. So if you're trying to turn the field over in one day, um, and it and the and the weather turns bad, you, you know, you're in trouble. So they have to have some allowances for that. And I think our scheduler in the CFL, I, I, as much as 
a tight a tight turnaround is can be tough. I think our scheduler does a great job. I mean, you're satisfying nine cities, nine communities, nine stadiums. Uh, you know the the wants and needs of everybody, and I don't know how many versions they go through to come up with a, with a final one, but. He, he he works very hard to to try and fit it all in and get it done right and yeah it's our schedule let's you know what we're 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 gonna make it work. John, thanks so much for the well, call. Appreciate you being with us. Good luck in BC. Thank you very much. Thanks, uh, John, Bye-bye. with us uh, on the line. Yeah, because coach, there are teams that don't want Thursday games and there are teams that want Fridays and not Saturdays. Uh, I. I feel like I would love to go down the rabbit hole of being the schedule maker, but then I might just throw myself off a building trying to get it right with the needs of nine different organizations. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I think they used to do it, you know, before computing. Imagine how they used to oh. just move the pieces around. Now I think there's a scheduling program and uh, stuff you fiddle with. I've never really sat down and, and, and asked them, but uh, it's, it's not an easy task. No, it's it isn't. All right, we we have a couple minutes left. Uh, you have a, you do have a short work week this week. Uh, you you've known of it for a while, so you've got plans for it. How will you approach this week? Once again, just feedback from the players on on how they're feeling and and trying to make sure that we can uh, have them as physically fresh as possible. And you know, other than that, I think the. The players will take care of themselves too. They'll be they, they know this was coming up, and they'll um, you know approach it with a positive mindset and make sure that they're doing what they need to do to to, to feel good. And then with that, they they're gonna make sure when they go into the game that they're once again um, mentally tough and saying, yeah, we're ready, no matter what, we're ready. The, the uh, Bombers and BC Lions, it'll be Saturday right here on 680 CGOB. 6 o'clock kickoff, 4 o'clock pregame show. We'll hear from the coach in the pregame show and all the all the big players in the game. Uh, coach, one final one before we uh, let you go for the show. Uh, TSN, the camera caught you with uh, having a moment with Andrew Harris. Was it was it nice to see him again? Can you can you tell us anything about just uh, seeing Andrew Harris in the, in the double blue? Well, I mean, he's a, he's he's an iconic uh, CFL football player, right? So, um, and he was with us for a number of years. I, I I enjoy Andrew. I enjoyed my time with Andrew. I, I like seeing him do well, not against us, but I like <laughs> seeing him do well. So, um, always wish him well. Yeah, Andrew had a had a fine game. Got a lot of hugs from Bombers. A big one from his buddy Jamarcus Hardrick, and uh, it, it was a very nice moment to see pregame. Coach, thank you so much. We'll uh, we'll see you at practice on Wednesday, and uh, I I just cannot wait for Saturday's game. All right, Derek. Thanks. Have a good night. He's the head coach, Mike O'Shea. It's the Blue Bomber Coach Show. Thanks for your texts and calls. Appreciate you being with us. We're back next Monday when hopefully the Bombers are the lone unbeaten team in the West.